This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gelsman gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Harden now. Harden going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hull and Back podcast. Tonight we've got a full house. We're joined by Nathaniel, Will, Joe and Anne. How are we doing guys? You alright? Who's Joel? Mm, I don't know. I've been on the podcast for a while. I don't know who Joel is. Being very yeah, busy. Exactly. <laughs> very busy man. We're recording on Monday. Mondays don't really suit Joel. So um, thanks for staying up tonight, Joel. <laughs> but before we start any podcast, we'd like to talk about our partners. So I'm going to start off very quickly with FanHub. Uh, I've mentioned, I forgot to mention the last couple of times. So I'm completely sorry, guys, who um, run FanHub. But for anybody who doesn't know who, what FanHub is or what they do or anything like that, FanHub is an app that you can download either through Android or Apple, and you are able to follow your team on there. And the news you get through there isn't the mainstream media. It's not the stuff you see in The Sun, The Daily Star, or anything like that. It is local journalists, essentially. So you won't, you even still won't see like the local newspapers in there. For example, the whole city, we don't have the whole Daily Mail. You've got local journalists, people like ourselves, that are just um, making material from, from fans for fans, essentially. And that's exactly what it is. Inside there, you're able to see your opposition's feeds, so you can see what their latest news is, maybe get a bit of a, uh, a head start on what's going on at the weekend for the game you're against. And the more you're on the app, the higher you're scored. The higher you're scored, the more chance you've got of winning tickets to a game at the end of the month. And free really merchandise. Simple. And free merchandise as well. Cheers, by now. Um, secondly is Hull City Retro. I mentioned these a lot, and I really should write this down because I forget every time. But what they do <laughs> is they make the... They recreate shirts from the past. So I think currently they've got like the, the Peptico shirts out at the moment. Um, Ant's branding one for us right now. These shirts are replicas, but they're only £50 a pop. So at £50 a pop, it is stupidly cheap to get something as close to as, as authentic as you can possibly get. Um, I think it's 3 99 or 6 99 correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you, you can't really grumble at all. To say if you're to get an authentic, you're probably looking about £200 to £300 online. So it's definitely worth grabbing your hands on one. Moving on to the full badge man, Daryl does a cracking job. Um, he, he's the guy who stands outside the stadium selling badges. You know, you can't really wear it any more simpler than that, but it's a bit of a dying art. So it's really important that 
as fans on your way in. I think it's only three pound a badge. Just get yourself involved, buy a badge, and you know, collect them whatever you want. But support local fans because he does a lot for the city. And lastly, to point out is Charlie Spalding, filmmaker. Charlie goes a little bit extra in the rest of our um, partners because Charlie funds our streamyard, so he pays for us to be able to do the visual content that we're doing right now. Um, Charlie's worked with a lot of really big brands, and I, I mention the same names every time, and I'm going to mention them again. Jackie Abbott, Adidas, you know, these are household names. So. Um, he's, he's clearly got a decent port, decent uh, portfolio. So check him out again. Um, but mainly works within the motorsport. But again, thank you very much to our, our partners and our sponsors. Really appreciate it. So before we move on to reviewing the Coventry um, game, what I want to do is say a massive thank you to everybody who tunes in and listens to the podcast. We're all on tonight to say a massive thank you, sir. Really do appreciate it. I think the average at the moment is around 106 regular listeners now. That's phenomenal. Um, to say we just do this for a bit of fun, you know. Um, we're far from experts and we just enjoy doing this. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Really do appreciate it. But we will move on to, um, from the from the good times of talking about how many people are listening to us, to the sad times that was Saturday. And that was Coventry City, the Sky Blues visiting the MKM Stadium. What did you all make to it? <laughs> Rubbish. Absolute gutter dog shit. Just we are the Tigers without a bite, aren't we? We are the Tigers without a bite. So, um, who wants to start us off? Nathaniel, do you want to give, do you want to give me your version of events? Yeah, I mean, okay. So, uh, well, I guess, I mean, we were terrible, of course, but um, it wasn't as if we didn't have any of the ball and they were conceding lots of chances. Maybe the first 10 minutes, I mean, we could have been 3 0 down, I think. Um, we had the goal and then one chance where there's no one defending our whole half of the pitch. And is it uh, Gordon was one-on-one yeah. and had that saved. And then Gourkarez had one saved. But other than that, Coventry weren't really good either. So the game was there for the taking. Again, another game against a team that isn't that great. I mean, they, you know, they're in the top, however, you know, is it four for a reason? But away from home, their record's not good. And... We were just atrocious. We couldn't pass the ball. And I had tickets right next to, um, right behind the dugout. And this is a ever so slightly tiny uh, defensive McCann in terms of that, judging on the last few games and how it's going. Although I think, you know, he's out of his depth. I think a lot of the players are as well. Um, I mean, at times, especially conceding the early goal, we had no confidence and uh, they just a lot of them don't look ready for this level. They can't pass a football sometimes, uh, which is, you know, the bare minimum. So, yeah, I thought it was really atrocious. And, um, you know, even if we got a better manager in, it would still be a struggle because I think the personnel we've got is not really good enough. Um, I think might I might be controversial. I think yeah. I'll go against you a little bit about it. I don't think we'd be much higher at league if we had a different manager and someone maybe who had the ability to switch things up a bit. But mm-hmm. no, I think you're definitely right in terms of the players are not top end championship level, but they're definitely not yeah. relegation fodder, which is where we're sitting right now. I um, think some of them are though, because they've not yeah, really shown that they're not. The four three three, some of them are, yeah, in that formation. Yeah, like yeah, Pardon. So like I said, it's the lack of ideas from McCann. It's just there's no direction, so they have nothing to kind of move forward with. Yeah. They're just kind of 
confused when they're on the ball, sort of. Mm. So they're just yeah. looking. They're just looking for an easy pass, and they don't have any idea going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's down to the manager. I think a new manager with fresh ideas will get the players to invest in their tactics, and then we will shoot up the league. Yeah, maybe. I feel uh, really bad for. Sorry, you Or maybe the kind of lack of championship experience or quality wouldn't be exposed as much under a better manager. But you know, McCann is just playing the same system as he did in League One. So uh, it's not really improved at all tactically. So they're going to, they're League One players and they're playing a League One system as well. Uh, I, think, I think it's tough. And at the moment, I feel sorry for a couple of the other lads because this, this really is their year to kind of like come on at that next step, next level. They had the League One and, you know, they played really well in League One. This is their next level. And unfortunately, this could break some of the careers in terms of this year is perfect for them to. Step on. I, I feel bad for the likes of Keenan's point. I mentioned the tweet about it the other day, and I think as much as Hull fans are going to hate this, it's probably <laughs> the best for his career for him to move on now. Because if Agreed. not, he's going to get stuck still, and he, he'll get stuck behind. He'll get left behind, and it's it's the wrong time for him to be doing that. But like, like it's ever a good time to get left behind. But yeah, it's, it's, it really is just really hard. Has anyone got anything to add on to that? Yeah, I. I... It's a weird one because I always see people say, like, our squad ain't good enough. Um, you know, it won't be much different any, under any manager. I, I I reckon there's at least five or six other teams that we're on par with in terms of budget, um, quality of the players that, uh, that they're disposable. Look at Blackpool. Would we say that Blackpool are a far better side than us? I don't think they are. Really in terms of quality... And look, look how well they're doing, because mm-hmm. their managers found a system and 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 a way to to get his players results. Um, he changes it up. He's got variation. He sometimes plays three at the back. He sometimes plays four. And this is what you need to have. You're in the second tier of English football. You've got to have variation. You play. You've got to have tactical depth. And the problem with McCann is he has no tactical depth. Now we don't know a hundred percent whether that is just him being outright stubborn or it's just him being a yes man as orders from the top like that's just up to speculation we'll probably never know but the fact of the matter is we don't ever change it and we have a couple of times now we played the 3-5-2 against Borough and we played second half 3-5-2 um, against Coventry um, and it's interesting to note that twice now because Sean McLaughlin's come out today as well and said that they felt comfortable in the 3-5-2 a lot more comfortable than they did in the other system. And Bernard said it before. And I've, I've noticed at the minute that a lot of what players are saying is contradicting what McCann's saying. Because he comes out and he says things like, oh, it was a it was a dressing room decision to ban Bernsey, for example. And all the players, like Elder came out and said, it's all part of football. Like, we don't see it as negative. You've got to come and take responsibility because where the players, where the guys on the pitch were supposed to be doing it. So it just seems like, to me, in my head, I think McCann's lost the dressing room, personally. I don't think the players are playing for him. I mean, we scored nine goals. We're the lowest scorers in the entire football league. The only team to not be in double figures. It's embarrassing. I mean, and we've got players that scored... Our front three scored 50 goals between them. Yeah, it was a league below. But you should still imagine that they're on more than, what is it, two that they're all on at the minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's... Um, to add on to that, we are currently, we've got the lowest um, conversion in the full league with a 4% conversion, which is nine goals from 222 shots. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which is, I think, wh- which is why fans are so frustrated. Like, surely you've got staff, you've got um, analytical staff that are in McCann's ear saying, look, this is how bad we're underperforming in this area. This needs to change. Why aren't we getting the ball into that area? Why aren't we scoring these positions? What needs to change? Like, I know Keen Lewis Potter seems to have been sort of um, exempt from any sort of criticism because he's, you know, a star boy at the minute. But I also back him in a sense that I think he's single-handedly trying to take the burden of the team. Yeah, you know, he's trying too hard almost. Like he's saying, right, I'm going to try and score from here and he'll blast it over from 30 yards because he doesn't trust anybody else around him. And you can't, you know, you can't blame him because... What have we seen to suggest that he can trust the players around him? You've got Wilkes at one side, who's probably stood on the halfway line when Keno's on the edge of the box. So it's we're just in a sort of situation where the players seem to be in some sort of limbo and the management or the coaching staff don't be able to seem to change it. And it's just, you know, how much control does McCann have? And did you know that Keno's Potter's on the same amount of goals this season so far as what he was last season? Yeah. It's mad to say stand. where he finished. Nobody, nobody knew that. Yeah, he's under form and he's in the Championship or League above, but he's at the same period as where he was, well, goal scored, as it was this time last season. So, But he, he, I think that's in the league. Um, he did play, there was a lot of games when he had all them tin pot trophies. So, I think there's a, there's a trophy every week, aren't they? And they have three rounds. It was crazy. Um, so, what was missing then? What was missing? I'll, I'll ask you about what was missing. It's the same old thing. It's the lack of cutting edge. You can't the lack get of cutting edge completely. I know, that's the, that's the thing. That's what's missing again. <laughs> it feels like you're repeating yourself constantly because it's always the same issues every week. I feel like we don't move the ball fast enough. Around the back, you know, really no, yeah, no. when it comes to getting forward, we don't move the ball, ball fast enough. And the movement, like... Honestly, it was like a guess who board the other day because it was all just stood still. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But that's what you've got to work with and that's when you say the likes, the only people that are moving are the people that are on the ball. So that's why you see the likes of KLP trying to take a shot from 25 yards. This is only option. No one's moving. You don't, not every movement has to take a pass or receive the ball. But a movement does create space and they're not even doing that for each other. It's really difficult. It just... Well, I said it on a previous episode, didn't I? That you look at the system we're playing this season. We're playing the same formation, but we're not playing the same way as we did last season. Mm. And I don't know. It, it's last season we seemed to, like the midfield, especially. I know Honeyman might not still be you know fully fit at the minute, and we missed him in the last game. And it's that dynamism yeah, yeah. in midfield and the, the ability to take the ball from the back and and drive it forwards. We're not doing. We're, we're passing it into the middle. And then it comes straight back to the centre back. We, there's no, there's no outlet. There's, there doesn't seem to be any passing channels. There's no partnerships. There's a lot of, it's it's disjointed. And then we just end up hitting it long. And then the ball comes straight back to us. The only two players that have done that since last season, uh, Matt Smith and George Munker, and both of them don't play anymore. Munker comes on and plays on the wing, but that's not the same thing. You want someone to pick the ball up through the middle and drive it and. He did it against Preston brilliantly, he did it against QPR brilliantly until they sent off. And it's just not been back there. It just doesn't make any sense at all. But it's like whatever makes sense, we're not allowed to do. That's how it comes mm-hmm. across. But I'll, I'll go around you one at a time and I'll ask you, who was, who was your player of the day? Actually, give me, give me your player of the day and the worst player of the day from the Superman. 
I'll start with you, uh, Joe. Uh, I think player of the day, probably, I don't know if anyone will agree, but Sean McLaughlin, when he came on, um, he seemed to calm down the defence a lot. He looked more composed. I put it on Twitter as well. He looked more composed. He looked, he just looked, uh, looked like a more established centre-half at this level compared to Jacob Grease. And I think him being there gave Grease a little bit more freedom to, to kind of move forward a bit and try and play his game. I don't think Grease in a back four at this level works. Um, Maybe not yet. Yeah, you're right. The worst player, I could pick a bunch, really. <laughs> I've got me mm. pen on there, don't worry. Uh, controversial, but Josh Emmanuel was rubbish, I think. I, agree. I, I think everyone was calling for him to start a game and he's not grasped his, grasped his opportunity that he got he given. There. Louis Coyle will go straight back into that starting lineup against West Brom and deservedly so because Emmanuel was mm. not what we expected. He's not what we all built him up to be when we were calling for him to be put into that team. So I, for me, I think Emmanuel probably was the worst player on the pitch. But could that due, be due to like lack of match sharpness because he's not had a run in the team, has he? He's played one game here, then been out again for a few games. Would you yeah, not try uh, and keep him in the side for a few games I to try was, and get that rhythm? I think Joe, it was the basics that were missing. It was it was the basics that were missing from him on it. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, the crossing at the right time. It wants not to out of position, not match sharp. It was like some of the positions you got the ball in. That was the opportunity to put the ball like to put the ball in the box, and he didn't do it. You know, he'd take an extra touch. The defender gets back, and then the cross opportunity's gone. Are you getting a throw in as opposed to a ball in the box? Those little things uh, were the, where he was letting us down. I do feel like I'm being a bit harsh on him, to be fair, because I think there will have been worse players on the pitch. But for what we expected of him and what we were calling for, he wasn't anywhere near that level, and that stood out the most compared to the other lackluster. Performances that are on the pitch. Peter said the same about Elder as well. Elder want the best. He's pretty lucky at the fact that we've only got one fit left. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, to be fair, thinking about Elder, I probably would have put Elder as a lot worse than Emmanuel that game. He slipped my mind. I forgot he was even playing. <laughs> exactly. Apart from that free kick and the uh, injury time at the end, I don't think he put anything good in the box. Um, and moving on to what do you, who, do you, who stood out? Who was your worst? <laughs> um, I didn't watch it. Which I was quite happy about because I was at work. Mm, but I did, you. I did, I did keep up. Um, sounded like Ingram had a very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, judging by the amount of chances Coventry had, it sounded like Ingram was um, probably our saving grace that kept it at one, which is good. Um, and the fact that um, you see, like like Joe said, it's hard to pick a worst, isn't it? I think. When you're looking at people that have got jobs to do, none of them are doing it. And I don't want to say Wilkes because I say Wilkes all the time. <laughs> to be but, fair, um, his first half at Luton and his second half, he was better than he'd been all season. Yeah. Mm. I think I think Doherty was quieter than he usually was. Mm-hmm. So judging by players' usual standards and Doc's usually quite consistent, I'd say that he had a poor game for what we've come Quite to expect of him. And he he probably admit himself that he were he weren't as um energetic as he has been or uh, as progressive as we needed. You know, when you're missing honeymoon you need Doherty to be on, on four or else we're not gonna create anything with that midfield. So yeah. 
Um, maybe the fact that we didn't create much was because Doc didn't have um, the kind of game that we've come to expect. No, it mm. makes sense. You know, by his own standards, you, you think he's not, not the best. That's, it makes perfect sense. What about you, Will? What are you thinking? Uh, I I would go similar with Joel um, McLaughlin, I thought, when he came on. The defence, although still not perfect, was just so much better. It just looked so much more confident at the back. Um, and I was really happy Emmanuel was starting. Really, really happy. And he was shit. <laughs> it might have been people who were aware, so I don't know if they were, but he was it was rubbish. And it really upset me because I was like <laughs> so happy he was playing. And then he just ruined his chance, possibly, because Grant won't play him next game now. I don't think that was ever his intention from what he said in the press anyway. It possibly wasn't, in his, but... He said he in his interview, game, didn't he, that we've got a lot of games coming up, so he wanted to make sure that Coyle didn't play in all three, so he chose Emmanuel for this one, so Coyle was... Well, that may be possible, but he didn't give him any reason to not drop him. No, he didn't give no him you've got to take a chance, you've, you've got to give him a question to ask, yeah. Madness. Nathaniel? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ingram was the reason why it wasn't 3-0 within 15 minutes, so he gets a good shout. And McLaughlin, he was a, a brick roll when he came on. He didn't make any mistakes. Started off as a joke, because oh, McLaughlin is a brick roll, but actually played very well. In terms of who was rubbish, I mean, almost everyone, really. I thought, um, you know, Lewis Potter, I thought him playing as a midfielder almost uh was the only time that we actually got any good chances because he passed it through to Elder and we got a cross in. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether any good proper goal-scoring chances came from that, but that was like the only time we looked dangerous. So maybe there was... I remember seeing him at one point in the game, I remember seeing him like deep, like just in front of the, the back three. I was like, what's mm. he doing there? But he'd obviously been moved exactly. to the middle and he was dropping yeah. deep to the bottom. You could tell he just, he just felt like he was in foreign territory. He was like, what is this? But who was um, who was the worst player for you? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it was just because I noticed it, but I'll go Emmanuel as well. I don't think he got, like, one good cross in, whereas Kyle, you know, he's crossing them in all the time, but yeah, he was uh, on the halfway line all the time, which I know you want an attacking fullback to be, but um, it was far too high, so he got caught out a lot. He, when he got, got the ball in his own half, he would take too long on it, and like dribble round and not get it clear, which everyone yeah. did. I thought they just didn't seem to know what to do when they were put under pressure. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Emmanuel, but uh, the, the midfield weren't great. I mean, I look at all the highlights for the other championship games, right? And so many goals or goal scoring chances come from a midfielder just doing a through ball to the attacking players and then they get a chance. I can't remember the last time he actually had a proper through ball along the ground to a striker to score or, or to have a shot. It's always a cross or a bit of luck or a set piece. We never just pass the ball forward along the ground, ever. Because the, mid, the midfield's too static. There's no one dropping into the spaces in the number 10 role to pick it up and, and play it in behind. That's the issue. It always has to go wide because they're the only players um, fucking moving. It's always wide. Yeah. You've got to look at who's going to be on the end of it as well. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and you've got to look at who's going to be on the end of it. You've got either Josh McGuinness, who's not a sprinter, and Tom Eves, who's not a sprinter. And 
The only times we've really played balls into the channel is when I remember it probably against um, Bournemouth when Tyler Smith played. You know, mm-hmm. we played the balls in channels and stretched it. Where's he? I was, was, was going to say Tyler Smith is a sprinter but isn't involved. Yeah, he's not injured. Yeah, he's just not being played. No, it's just selection. Yeah, I'll go for it now. Then. So in terms, of, stood out for me, and you, you put, we haven't heard his name yet, but he stood out for me in terms of his form the last few games. And I'm going to say Richie Smallwood, and I never thought I'd say this. Honestly, never thought I'd say this, but he's been solid. Um, a few people blame him for playing um, Gordon on side. But, you know, you've also got to look at the fact that Elder's left a man. So it's it's one of those debates that can, you know, rightly so be argued both sides. But, you know, he's back there, he's doing his job. Um, he maybe hasn't had the shout step out, but he's doing what he needs to do. And I thought he had a really good game. He was unlucky to go off injured at our time, I think. And, a tough one. But he changed the game. It took us three five two. Um and worst player for me, I think you can put a few in this category. Um but again I, I think just because it was his opportunity to shine and he didn't, I'll go with Manuel. And like you said, he was just sat on the halfway line. Um and when with you Smallwood against... Matt then, do you how how do you rate Smallwood's um leadership ability? Because to me the frailty and the disorganisation at the back four shouldn't be an issue when your captain is that holding midfielder because he can see everything that's around him. I, no, I think personally, uh, when you look over the few games, he's, he's focusing too much on his own performance and not inspiring those around him. You know, I know it's it's tough to compare him to things, like Sebastian, who's amazing, but... I think what you understand with football is a lot of things can have a chain reaction. So, for instance, like... Emmanuel and Elder being as high as they are, naturally that's going to create unease at the back. And when you're playing against two strikers, which you did at the weekend, two good strikers that are good at running the channels, you're naturally going to have them defenders getting pulled out wide. And we saw that time and time again in the first half where Greaves got pulled out or Bernard got pulled out. And Smallwood had to say, you know, in terms of his job, he's done it correctly. But when you say what he does for leadership on, there's a lot. Yeah, but that's a, what I mean. A, so, a like, of, say, if, mm-hmm. if we play a system that exposes weaknesses of the side, as a captain and as a player who's going to stay at the back and can see the defensive line, don't we think that as a leader he should be saying to, say Doherty's gone up, shouldn't he be saying to Cannon, right, you drop in with me and we've got a back four then because they're, they're, they're the full-backs. He needs to be pulling yeah. players, he needs to be, you know, organising the defence and I don't think there is any organ. I mean, I'm not saying that it's solely on Smallwood's yeah. responsibility as a team effort, but you want to see a leader out there scolding players for making mistakes making sure they're staying in position, saying, right, no, he's gone, so you stay, you come back. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any of that from anybody. And the, the problem at the moment is that Smallwood is the captain. So when you're looking for someone to do that, that's theoretically who he's, should be doing it. And one of the things you're judging him there on is it's based on the fact that he needs to control the players around him and talk players through games. And, and rightly so, that's what you expect from a captain. There's a lot of other things you need as well, the captain and the leader, is to set an example. And I think he does set an example, and he has done recently in terms of engaging in play, meeting the ball and stuff like that. Because at the weekend, not many players were doing it, but he was doing it. He, I, I lost count of the amount of times he intercepted the ball. It's little things like that that he's going to notice for. In terms of captain's inability, I think you're probably right. He's probably not as good as what we'd want from a captain. But, you know, in, if you look at players underperforming their current role and their responsibilities, you know, it's just one of many. Um, everyone can improve in their areas, can't they, I think. But um, moving on to the last part, then who stood out for um, Coventry? Who do you remember going? Oh, yeah, he's all right. Oh, uh-huh. 
Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Found so much space, didn't he? Found so much space. We made him look like Messi. <laughs> we just, he just every every single bit of open space that we had, he found and picked us apart for it. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of player that we're missing. Is someone who can identify dangerous space, drop into it, and, and receive the ball. I think Honeyman was that last season, and because of his injury record at the minute, we're not seeing a fully fit, fully sharp Honeyman. So we're, we're not getting that. Exactly, and he's got he's got a time um, blending back into the team as well. And he's not understanding the difference in runs that the players are making now, or the lack of runs the players are making now in this league. So yeah, it'll take a it'll take a while to blend back in. Um, I think that kind of reviews the game, really. Just utterly poor. We had nothing going forward. Nothing at the back, stretch wide open, and you know and what was scary for me was Coventry didn't really get out of second gear, and they looked, they looked, we looked like we weren't score. So that's, that's a bit of a worry. I say a bit big, big worry. Um, move on to something a little bit better now. Hopefully, a bit of a bit fun, something nice to talk about. And I, I want to mention. Um, what I want to ask you guys actually, what's your thoughts on this? We've got an international break coming up in the in the imminent future. We've got two more games. Premier League's got one more game. Um, Owen, would you call him up? Yeah. If you're picking players on form, yeah. Yeah, understand you've got Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, um, Sterling. Don't take Sancho. (laughs) You've got got them five players. These are bigger names in the throwing. You know, that goes without saying. They are bigger names in him. But does it, on form, does he deserve it? I think so. Yeah, at least to be in the squad. Maybe not to play. I mean, if you pick it on form, as Zan said, he has to go. What do you think? I mean, it, 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 we'll see, won't we? Because Southgate came into the job and said that he was always going to pick a, a team based on, on merit, not on names or what club you're at. And he started off doing that and then he slowly slipped into the um, the old England manager um, mm. ethos and then just going, well, this player's we know how good he can be. He hasn't shown it so far this season, but I'm going to pick him because we know he can be good. Sancho will probably get in the team. He hasn't got a single goal or assist to his name for Man United this season, and he will probably get in the team above Bowen, which is, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it'd be nice if Bowen could get in the side, and he definitely does deserve to, even above Rashford, to be fair. I know he scored the other Rashford's on form now, though. He's got three and four now, I think it is. He's come back from his shoulder injury and he's, he, he looks on fire, to be fair. So, I think Rashford yeah. deserves And then Grealish, Grealish, you can pretty much count as um, anywhere across the midfield. You can play him in the centre, you know, so you don't really have to lose a spot to Grealish kind of thing because you can put him anywhere in midfield. Um, so, realistically, he should play Despite form, he's not playing. But Kane's but in the middle, not, isn't he? If you picking him on form, Kane shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah. Kane's will be the he will be his captain. Yeah. So, I mean, then it gets interesting as to who would he play in front of because it's got to be the worst time in the world to be an English right back. It's got to be because you look at who's fighting for them positions at the moment. You've got, you've got your Wan Bissakas, you've got Reese James, um, Lamptey's back now, um, Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, there's probably a few more I'm missing as well off the top of my head. Reese <laughs> James, that's <laughs> I'd pick Reese James. I'd pick Reese James. Yeah. And uh, speaking of ex City players, Vicky Otamori, do you reckon he deserves a call up? Yeah, I don't know how well he's played. He's played quite well from what I've heard for AC Milan this season. 
Um, I think the problem is Southgate's probably not focusing on people abroad unless it was Jaden Zanjo. But he can watch two in one, can't he? Because he obviously likes of um, Tammy Abraham in Italy now as well. So. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy Abraham is probably the most informing English striker. For me, yeah. hopefully, you know, I really do hope. I don't know, um, yeah, I just, I just really hope he goes. I hope he gets his cap because it'd be a statement to all young kids, you know, that to just don't stop, keep going because that's exactly what he's done, hasn't he? He's had chances to yeah. move before and he did the right thing, stayed with us for another year, got some more game time under his belt and then went at the right time. And, you know, I can't think the kids praising enough, you know, a well done, Jared, and I really hope he makes the squad and gets, gets some minutes as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so to to move on from that, another little feel good factor at the moment. I say a little. Um, we put out a club statement, didn't we? This club statement was to say we're in a position Ooh. of exclusivity um, for due diligence to begin. Whatever so that means. People, for anybody who doesn't understand what due diligence it means, uh, due, it's happening, Nathaniel. <laughs> it means it might. For anybody who doesn't know what due diligence means, it's basically the examination of legal paperwork to show that what um, Alan's have said, what they've got um, in terms of money in, in, in the bank, um, whatever's gone on on paper and what they've agreed in word matches up with what's on paper and what's on the online documents and stuff like that. So he checks over that and then it comes to the point where they go, hold on a sec, you're dealing in bad faith. Or, yeah, I'm good with that, let's go with it. That's basically what's going to happen. But this can take anywhere to paid 60 days. So, I mean, it's, it, there's no rush. There's, there's no rush. Yeah, but if, if, if any... Um... Well, there's a lot of Twitter accounts. Obviously, not. We don't know trust wherever they are. But there's been a there's been a few that have been saying we've actually been in the due diligence uh, due diligence bit for quite a while already. Wow. So there might not actually be that yeah. long left. Yeah, they, 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 they believe that the club only did a statement because of the Turkish reports that a fee had been accepted, and the club were like, mm-hmm. "Oh well, we've got to can say something now." Yeah, I thought they were waiting for one more loss to go. Do you know it was false? We're gonna have to sell that. <laughs> No, because if you, if you think about it, it makes sense as to why they never even looked like they were going to sack McCann. Because if they've been talking yeah. about a takeover, they're not going to, are they? Because they're not going to pay him compo. They'll wait till the new guy's coming and say, right, what are you going to do with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you can pay him. Yeah. Right then. So, uh, what's everyone feeling about this? And like, there's, I, I see controversy with this. And, you know, the classic phrase is out the frying pan into the into the fire. And we've seen uh, uh, a blog today on it. It's a really good read, actually. But what what are we thinking? Is everyone just happy with a change? Well, yeah, because without a change, we're dead. Even if it's a bad ownership who comes in, we're probably still in a better position going forward, no matter who comes in, because the Alms will do nothing with the club. Whereas someone who comes in might do something. What if this has been going on since May? Because this news has been bundled about now since May. What if this has been going on since May? You know, we, we've wanted to sack Grant McCann for a long time. It's just making Grant look bad. It's making the Alums look even worse. When, you know, in an ideal world, they might have already sacked him by now. That's a, that's a what? I think that's a likely what if, don't you think? Possible. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I was I was at work and Joel, Joel sent me a um, an inbox and just went, get on Twitter now. And I... I <laughs> Do you know when you just your mind never even goes to that position? I never thought it would be a. I thought it was McCann getting sacked, so I was like, quickly, I did as well. Yeah, I was quickly <laughs> getting on Twitter, and I was like, oh my god! And I clicked on Club Statement and I read it, and honestly, tear went down my face. I know it's not done, but 
like you say, how do we feel about it? The the problem is at the minute, ever since the FA said no to Alam changing the name of the club, he's not invested in us. So from that point onwards, what is it, seven years now? Um he's not invested and we've been on a decline. We've seen the best Premier League standard players leave, um, replaced with loans and freebies and um, academy graduates. Um, we've gone down to League One, come back up again, and then stuck in that sort of lost rut. And but then they were never going to get us out of it, and they wouldn't have cared less. There's been too many bridges burnt with the Alams over the years. You know, they could have been heroes, which is the sad thing. They came in and saved us and promised us the world kind of thing and £10 maximum tickets and, and whatever and then spat the dummies out when things sort of when they didn't when they got told no which obviously they're not used to um, and they've made the fans suffer for that um, it's we, it can't be any worse unless, some, unless this guy wanted to spend millions of pounds of money to buy a football club and then risk losing all of that money on purpose, just to make us get relegated. You know, it don't make sense for us to get worse. We can't be worse. There's no. We are at the lowest point. Attendances are dropping to single figures. Um, you know, it's we, we, it's either we 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 stay with this and we die. You know, we can't. It's not sustainable at the minute. We haven't got enough fans going. And I think, We're not getting enough transfer revenue in. Yeah, I, don't, I think everything's hypothetical at the moment, isn't it? You know, because nobody knows who this guy is. Let's be realistic. There's only a few people that are from the locals, you know, they'll probably know who this real guy, this guy is and what his real intentions are. So whatever we talk about now, it's hypothetical and it's, we're all allowed to have our own thoughts, feelings, opinions as to what we think might happen next. But And, and nobody's wrong in anything that they'll think or, or feel. Um, and my personal view on it would be along the lines of, we've just had enough of the Allens. And it might be that what we do next could be worse. However... I just want to concentrate on something different. Instead of concentrating on the crap we've got now, if it's something crap over there, I've not experienced that crap before, so let's have it. You know, let's have a go at that. New crap. And that's kind of my... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't We don't have a future. Down. The alarms don't want to be exactly. here. We don't want them to be here. The The club's just toxic from top to bottom. Playing staff are probably feeling it. Um, mm-hmm. There's no investment. There's no optimism. It's just... We are literally at rock bottom. There's, there's, there's no coming back relationship-wise. It is just time to move on. And um, from what Ehab's been replying to messages on, on his Instagram, I don't know if you've seen him dotted about on, on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> he definitely doesn't want to be associated with his club anymore. It, it's, it, you know, it's, oh, really? it's the best for both parties. And this guy, I mean, everyone's questioning like how much money he's got in the bank or whatever, but we've historically never really had rich owners barring like our stint in the Premier League, where we got obviously the, the riches from TV money and whatever and, and parachute payments. The Alams are probably the richest we've ever had, but they're not investing in us, so it's no point. Um, so this guy, I can't imagine, is buying a football club if he doesn't believe he has enough revenue. Because uh, I believe he owns some sports channels and stuff. I don't know. I've tried to look. He does. He's a media sort of mogul. So- yeah, so I think he's got a, a lot of steady incomes that, he obviously feels could run a football club. And then there's obviously what the club makes itself because it should be self-sustainable anyway. It should require outside investment because if you run it properly, it yeah. doesn't need it. So there's a, a, a techish guy that I, my partner knows and I was talking to him yesterday because I went for a meal and it sounds like one of these cliche things and then we saw Messi in the car pack. But um, <laughs> he was he was speaking about like how smart this guy is in terms of what he's done with his money he came from nothing and he's made his way up and he's, he's made all his money himself so I'd like to think on that 
based on what he's told me and the, the thought process of that is, you know, this guy knows how to generate money and not lose it. So he wouldn't put it into something that's dying, is my assumption. However, when I first read on this guy and I looked at his Wikipedia page, I thought, well, he's, a, he's an ex-TV personality, is what I saw. Um, and now he's a TV presenter. And I instantly thought, oh, great, we've got the fucking... We've got the Turkish Ryland Clark, and that's exactly what I thought. But fingers crossed, he's a million miles from that, and he does understand what he's doing, and he, he wants to move us in the right direction. But, um, I mean, I'd happily have Ryland Clark happy. in charge of us. Yeah, you know, if it brings fans back, you know, if if it brings fans back, and um, he keeps sort of, I mean, we we criticise your lambs for what they've done, but if he sort of. You know the um, the academy and the quality of players that pro- that we're producing at the minute needs to carry on. Like mm-hmm. I don't want him to come in and sort of start cutting that side of it. Like that would be a disappointment. But mm-hmm. if he can come in, lure fans back again, help the club feel like it used to. If, like we're not we're not expecting him to come in and then make a charge for the Premier League. We just want to be how it was. Like go back to Phil Brown, Peter Taylor era. Get the get the club as a unified fan base again and, and, and the feel good factor back in the stadium make me make people want to go to the ground because at the minute people are just like they were completely and disconnected with the club. It's it's really it's really tough to see because I grew up and, and all I've seen is good stuff up until this last seven years we've come back down again. And we used to, I used to go into the, st- the stadium with my dad and be talking about he'd be talking to Randy's like, oh, I reckon um, I reckon Stuart Green's gonna go first today. And that's the sort of track we have whereas now it's, it's all negative, isn't it? It's all, oh, are we sold him? Has this gone? Oh, he's done this again. Oh, I can't believe Grant McCansell in charge. And it's just constant tripe and shit, isn't it? You just don't want to hear it. You just don't want to hear it. So I, I think he interrupts his air, Will. I'm sorry. What do we What do we think to his... Um, because I've tried to read his quotes, you know, about bringing in Turkish coaches and players and they've whatever. They've been mistranslated. I think they've I think been... Probably. Yeah, I think it's been massively misinterpreted. I don't know about anybody else. I think he's actually meaning that he wants to own an English club to give more opportunities to Turkish football players and coaches, obviously, if he deems yeah. them good enough. He's not going to buy yeah. us and then make the starting eleven and all the coaching staff Turkish. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah, work. I think, it's a of, I think it's a case of it being too... It's like, instead of it, the way it's translated, it makes it sound like it's, oh, I want yeah. all. And what he means is I want some. Yeah, yeah I think like he's more... he's he's imagining that if he owns a football club, he can single-handedly ensure that more opportunities are given to people from his country, yeah. which he probably just wants to boost yeah. his portfolio. You know, he's a proud guy. Do you yeah. reckon it'll be a bit similar to um, when the Alams took over and brought in Gedo, Fatih, Al Mahamadi, players like that? It kind of died down because two of them are rubbish, but. You know, if I mean, it works, exactly. if we get a couple of decent Turkish Whoa. players, it's all right. It works with Wolves. I don't think you can put that on the Ellens, to be fair. I think we're fortunate enough that um, Elmo followed Steve Bruce. He'd had yeah. a good experience mm-hmm. with Sunderland and Nanny. And then, yeah, you know, but the Guido and Fatty was the Because interna- it was their the inter- link with Al Ali. He played in the international win. El Mohamedy, I believe, also played with Al Ali with them as well. Um, so the connection was already there. I think it was just aided. By the Alan, I don't think it was all down on them. Yeah, but that's what I mean with with um, Akun Asun. I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> we'll learn it. Achun. Um, but I think that's what will what will happen with him is he'll, you know, he's got contacts in Turkey. So if there's a bright Turkish prospect at a club, he might say, "Do you want to come try your luck in the English league?" Kind of thing. We're not going to have a huge influx of Turkish staff and yeah 
um, free what, hot towel so shaves on the concourse. Get out of Iran, then. Yeah, in a get sense. Get from Everton on loan in January. Sorted. We're getting the goals then. <laughs> so, um, moving on from the takeover, because it like, seemed to digress a little bit there. Um, I'm going to move on to something a little bit different now. And it's up to you guys. I'll let you guys decide what you want to do next. So I've got two options. We can either do tackle fight night again. And I've written down some players as to who I'd like to put you away. Or we can try something a little bit different. I want to test our whole city knowledge. And we'll just go around clockwise. And when you can't answer, you're out in a nutshell. We like knowledge, don't we? Shall we do some knowledge? knowledge. It's the second option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second option then. Okay, so the way this game works, you saw I put in our group chat a little bit earlier, but similar to the five side thing. However, I'm going to mention a Hull City player. Um, their surname, the last letter of their surname has to be the, the next person's um, start of the surname. So, for instance, mm-hmm. if I was to start with George Munker, then Nathaniel going that way round would have to say Randall Williams. Williams. No, Ryan Longman, obviously. You can't Ryan Longman, because that's his first name. It has to be his surname. So, uh, wait. so this is where oh, right, it gets okay, a little bit difficult. Oh, it's just like Monker, and then it'd be... Oh, I'm uh, uh, So, I think I'll start like Renocchia. that. Give... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's not throw them all out there, because we might going to need these. Yeah, so, um... Use them all up now. Oh, I'm giving you so all Going around to... this order, then. I'll start with, I'll go with... Um... I'll keep it simple. We've already had the first one. George Munker, which passes on to Nathaniel. And then the same uh, name can't be used twice. Yeah, uh, Renokia. I'll take that. <laughs> and uh, Renokia. Will, you're oh. in. Mm. If you know it, then you know it. I say if you know it. I can imagine people at home listening Jesus to Christ. Like, I'm going to get mad <laughs> So it needs to be an A. For the second name, right? That's... Not everyone can perform yeah. under pressure, Will. Don't worry, mate. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be first names. It really fucked me over. It's a really obvious yeah. one. I know there's a really two, obvious we've got, one. A, we've got a time in, in the top, so I'm going to give you a maximum of 30 seconds on each one. So you've already, I'm going to say you've already had 15. It's a whole city legend. Think of one. No. Ian Ashby. Oh, there we go. We're working as a team, aren't we? No, that's why we're working as a team anyway. We're working as individuals right now. Um, And you're on E. E. Um, Elder. Oh, crap. We're back to R. Uh, Come on, come on, come on. Um, Robertson. Robertson puts me on N. I'm going to go for Alfred Endai. Puts you on mm. E. Eves. Eves. S for Will. God, I'm shit at this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute dogger. Can't even think of anyone. Have we got three of them at the moment? Probably. I'm past. I can't be asked with this. I'm. Just... Right, I'll, I'll throw it out there then. I'll, I'll give the answer for that one. I'll go. I'll throw a Smith out there. You know. Oh, yeah. we got. Um. Oh. Why have I lost my nut now? Um. It. Oh, come on. <laughs> I've got one too. 
Let's take a big fish out. H, right. Yeah. 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 What the fuck? 15 seconds, man. <laughs> um, oh, it's suddenly really fucking tricky, isn't it, Anne? Yeah. <laughs> Yours was easy. Um, yeah, easy. H is pretty easy. I'll have H if I mean, I've thought of a really good H1. It could be like Huddleston. Oh, yeah. Will, you're out. Will, you're out, mate. You're out. Can we not do that? My problem is I'm not thinking about Huddleston. I've got one that's not Huddleston. If we want to carry on with H, gives me an easy pass. Go on, gives you H. Henriksen. Oh, yeah, but I hated him. I haven't got him out of my mind. This is the, the hardest part about this. You start thinking about first names, don't you? Yeah. yeah. That's what um, I said. I've got the Nathans. The amount of Nathans that have come in my head right now. Mm. Ah. Noble. Matt Noble. Mm. Hey, sorry, I put you on here again. E. Um. Uh. Uh. Elliot. Yay. Yeah, that's See. before my time, so it's a bit unsure. I put that one in the chat earlier to be fair, though, didn't I? I was hoping nobody would use that. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, God. T, come on. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. T. Um, yeah, part T. Is so many end with, like, N and S. Yeah, they do. T. T. <laughs> I think I won. Um, that once once you lose your ag in the first ten seconds, you've lost it. <laughs> yeah. So if we want under pressure, we'd nail that. Right now. Uh, I can't think of it. I can't. I can't think of one podcasting. Right, then, so yeah. at least we have 30 seconds to think one. I've had a minute now. Um, Michael Turner. Oh! Uh, uh, another R. Can we stop? Sorry. Can we ban R? Honestly, okay, right. Um, Richard Garcia, no. Um, uh, r, r. Oh, I've got a few actually already for R. Robertson, I've got one for R. Uh, yeah. Oh no, Ryan Mason, no. That's so many Ryans, honestly. Um Ryan <laughs> Longman. Yeah. Um <laughs> r, uh row row. Yeah, he's actually he's actually he's just said it. He said row. Ronnie Row. Yeah, sorry. Ro. Oh, I'll have that. Row. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. He said row. <laughs> This would be a killer. This is... you, you can imagine there's only a few E's. Mm. Oh, oh, I've got one. Why do I feel like you're thinking of the one I'm thinking of? Recently. Now, yeah. now, I'm suddenly thinking of the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got two, two years here, I think it was. Oh, no. No, it was three years, wasn't it? Two and a half, no, three definitely. years. Definitely a different player. If Matt can't get it one, there's always. actually quite a few recent ones. El Mohammadi. There it is. There's oh, one. Right. Why? Oh, I was I thinking El Abdul Awi. I was thinking of Andrew. Uh, Yakubu, no. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Something about the Jakob, no. Um, why? That's very difficult. Uh, is, have we even had any whys? Mm. Hmm. Yes, I think we have. I think I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> why? I think it, it was that. Uh, I won't yeah. take him out of it because I'm sure there's a. There's yeah. A, no. no. Um. Hmm. Oh dear. Can I have a clue, please? I gave you a clue. <laughs> trying to think on right? Trying to think on yeah. Um. Yeah. Ooh. No. Did any Youngs play for us? Have we had a Yates? We've probably had a Yates, right, at some point? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yates. Mark Yates. Mark Yates, yeah. Mark Yates. Guesses. Yeah, Nathaniel's just naming random surnames. <laughs> 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 it works. It does work, yeah. Um, yes. Snodgrass. Another S then. Um, Snodgrass Junior? No. Um, I got one straight oh, Come away. on, come on, we're these loads of S's. Sir, 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 sir. How can this is very difficult, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I wanted to say Sam Clucas, that's wrong. Um, I was, I was thinking that earlier on. S, S, oh, damn, this is so difficult. And um, this is this podcast can go on forever. Captain, <laughs> oh, Smallwood, yeah, there he is. You can have Andy Dawson. You're in an end now. Dawson. Huh? Dawson. I I'll have the other Dawson. Name. Michael Dawson. No, this is an N. Norton. Have we had a Norton? How many people are now going, oh, dude, dude. It's all right when you're not under pressure. Yeah. Google in front of you. Take me off and I'll get him in the chat like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who's who's doing what? N, N for N. you. Oh, I'm thinking of an N. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know I was doing one. Yeah, Matt N. gave you a straight uh, bounce back with Dawson. And Nias, Uma Nias. Oh, oh yeah. another A. Yes. Oh, he's coming back on E. Ah. I think I'm thinking. I just, of I just you, to be fair, I've just said one. And so have I. <laughs> well, no, if, if we've gone like in Di Nias, who's the third one? I could go with them. No, we're on about Nias. Oh, we're back to E. Right. right. Yeah, Matt's on E because you said Nias. On it, El Abdului. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah. Omar El Abdului. So I. I. Ooh. Is it an I or a U? No. Uh, it's an I. I. I'm sure it's an I. Ince. Tom Ince. Another E. Yeah, you're you're on E now. Matt. <laughs> I'm to think of the one that I said now, Matt. These are really like I know it's before your time, but there's quite a famous one. I still yeah, I think you've got it. I think that's it. You got it. I think you've got time. Oh, yeah. Yes. What, what letter e, am I doing now? So you're back on E. Another E. Evandro. Thanks, Joel. Your mouth's yes. back oh. to me. 
Um... Oh, come on. Um... Oh, come on. Akotcha. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Hey, um, Alex Bruce. Um, hmm. This is mm, yes. Best ah. Premier League striker we've ever had. Oh, um, uh, oh, out the door, Josie out the door. <laughs> oh, here again. Back on eight. Again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what ease have been said? El Abdullahi, El Mahamadi, Elliot, Evandra, Elder. I'm not doing this on I purpose. Some, I can't stop seeing Emery in my head and Emerton. I don't know if. You want to just concede? Uh, what, what what did you just say, Matt? What were the two names you just said? Emery and Emerton. Oh, there oh. we go. We got one. Emerton. Uh, back on N. N. Uh, Nodgrass. <laughs> um. Oh, N- well, Dame Endoy. Endoy, yeah. Endoy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just conceded, mate. You don't. You don't. He's grounded you. No, nah, I'm not going down with it. Tommy Elphick. Oh, okay. Oh, I've got one straight away. I've got one straight away. Okay. Okay. Oh, there's, nice. there's a few. Um, there's a K or a few years ago. Yeah. I've just got a um, in my head. I don't know why. Uh, Kevin Kewitt? No. Um... Dusan uh, Kushak. There we go. That's the one I was thinking of. Hey, back on K again, Matt. That's the one you went for. <laughs> Hopefully, I should win with this one. Kevin Gilban. You're an E. Uh, I've got an E as well. I've got an E. I was thinking Killer Gilban. Oh, another E. Uh, I just remembered an E. Dear me. This is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, wow. E. Okay. Um, hmm. Uh, e, e. Just keep saying E and it'll pop into your head. Um, no, because you've got a time limit on this, Nathaniel. Yeah. How long have I got? <laughs> 30 seconds. All oh, right. Okay. Um, L. No. M. E. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll give up. I don't deserve to be this far. I got very lucky. You won't oh. give me clues, so I give Kevin up. Kevin Ellison. Oh, oh that's that's before my time. Going back on N as well. Corey Evans. <laughs> Keith Edwards. 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 Yeah, no, I forgot about Keith Edwards. Stephen Hunt was in my head the entirety of that, but I didn't get a hit. <laughs> oh, no, I did get a hit. We got Henriksen. Never mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, so, I'm, I'm sorry for anybody who listened. If that wasn't fun, um, I'm sure we have a lot of fun. Um, I'm sorry if that wasn't fun. I'm not for you've remembered. No, we can't play that again. We've we've exhausted all the ease. Exactly. Now, so. <laughs> the whole the whole point in that was a little bit nostalgia to think about some players that um, have played for us in the past and some of the more obscure names as well. So and to highlight which amongst us have that, so. and to highlight which amongst us have performance anxiety. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> so, what we'll do now is we'll now move on to previewing the uh, West Bromwich game. Drew had and anybody who's still watching, we're going to um, preview the um, West Bromwich Albion game. So, start off with the final. I'm going to ask you what changes do we need to make? Uh, sack the manager, get a new uh, owners, uh, buy a few players, change formation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, get a new training ground and uh, <laughs> like bring in five new academy players. I mean, that's and that's fine, we can do that by Wednesday, can't we? It's a bare minimum, yeah. you know. You was missing one thing, there was one thing that we need to change the most, and you didn't mention it. Uh, start Ryan Longman. There it is. <laughs> I mean, so realistically, I don't disagree with that. Um, what do we need to do? What? I mean, well, I'm gonna ask you because I get an honest answer. And um, what do we need? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we need to survive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like so a fucking thinking... game of Mortal Kombat. Let's be honest; it's just gonna be fucking brutal. Fatality. I'm not looking forward to it. I'd love it. Just <laughs> play ten at the it. back. <laughs> You so see, what we're expecting then? It's one of these, isn't it? We're going to get. We've got the potential for like a six-goal hammering in this one. If you know, we're so frail at the back, and West Brom have got so much quality going forwards. But so did Bournemouth. You know, so we've, we've proven true. that we can hold them teams out. That it, was a very long me, time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. But to me, all the players have come out and said they're more comfortable in a three-five-two. Why don't we go, just use that? Use that system. McCann's probably like thinking, you know, they said a statement about a take up. Now you might as well just fucking do what you want. Just go rogue. Mm. Play 3 5 2. Yeah, play 3 5 2 and just go like for it. Just go for it. Put McLaughlin in. You get the best out of Greaves and Bernard because the progressive centre halves, it gives them space. Um, you probably get the best. Well, I don't know. I probably prefer Emmanuel as a wing back, but he's going to put Coyle in. Um, potentially play Keno as left wing back again. Um, put. Um, Eves and Smith up top or McGuinness and Smith whatever combination you want to put up top big guy and a guy in behind and then uh, a midfield that's willing to work hard and just go for it try and catch them off guard they've just been battered 3-0 haven't they so kick them while they're down go for it exactly so I'll ask you this then Joe and if you're going then you're going to look out for this most but who has to who's going to be the two players that if they turn up We've probably got a good chance here. Our two players, if if they turn yeah. up, what do you mean? I haven't quite heard them. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of uh, Ingram, if Ingram turns up and is on top form, he'll give us a big chance. And then whoever starts up front, it's sim- quite simple with them two. I think if if the keeper's on top form and we've got a striker who's banging in any op- any opportunity he's got, then we should, we'll be fine. So we're going for whoever is up front because that's the thing we're missing the most. Isn't it? Just putting the ball in the back of the net and to not even be able to do it once in God knows how many games is just ridiculous. Let's be, I think it's the last six away games now we haven't scored in um, or last five maybe. But it's the stats are well and truly against us with this game, lads. I've looked at it. Um, I've drawn some stats out and I can't see one positive. I'll be honest with you. But before I go into the stats and tell you what what um, the actual facts are. Who do you reckon is going to be their biggest threat? Um, 
Mowat's a very good midfielder, and he's goal threat. Um, Carlin Grant in form. Um, he hasn't scored many pens this season, has he? He's been scoring a few from Wilson Play. He used to be yeah, a pen matching when he was at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Snodgrass because he's former City. And that yeah. always usually... Livermore's there as well. Yeah. Townsend as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah Townsend. Yeah, that's free. That was going to be one of my questions, but thanks, guys. I'll <laughs> <laughs> no, ask it. We'll see if we can get the answers. Moving on. But Going on to the stats then. So... In the last 10 games we've played against these, we've won two, drawn two, lost six. Um, the last five times we've been to the Hawthorns, we've lost. Do a win? Does anybody know how... Pardon? Yeah, do a win. win then? Does anybody know yeah. how how far back we have to go? To 2008. Um, Giovanni scored a beautiful diving header. 3-0. Nailed it, yeah. Giovanni scored in the right goal. <laughs> Bio-lingo. Do you want to? What a Does everybody want to know the um, lineup was? Oh, go on then. Mario, Fraser Campbell. This is the town. No, you didn't play. Oh no, yeah, the 2008 one. Yeah, Marlon King. Yeah, yeah, it was Marlon. Yeah. Yeah. Right back. Marlon. Ricketts. centre back. The Ricketts. Paul McShane. Really? Look at that. Yeah, Ricketts. Ricketts came on after ten minutes for an injured. Ricketts came on after ten minutes for an injured Andy Dawson. Um. Mm-hmm. Then Zayate and Turner at centre back with Dawson left back. Boateng, Ashby, and Miney as a middle three with Gio just in front of them. And then Daniel Kuzan and Mylon King. Mylon, not Mylon. What a partnership. Um, yeah, that was a one, wasn't it? So um, they're at unbeaten in the league this year as well at home. So that's a, another positive. Due and loss. I think it's seven. Yeah. So, we, we can't we're not due to win. Not making me look bored to this trip. I know. So the last four times they've won, Carlin Grant has scored either first or last. So if you're a betting man, have a go on that. That might not be too bad. And oh, I've already told you this one, but the, the shot conversion thing at 4%. So that's shocking, isn't it? Um, so we'll... we'll We'll finish on the um, score predictions then. I'll go around one at a time. And Nathaniel, realistically, um, I know Ryan Nunley's not going to start, so he can't be his best goal scorer, but what are you thinking score-wise? Uh, 3-0 to um, Hull. No, uh, West Brom. <laughs> um, yeah. um, Snodgrass, you, Townsend, no more to score. 2-0 so. to West Brom. 2-0 to West Brom... Snodgrass and Livermore because fuck us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go with a strangely optimistic 2-2 draw. We're going to go 2-0 up. Are you insane? Like the absolute shock of the division and then we'll throw it away in the second half and draw. That's more like it. That would be more depressing. Even we'll more be 2-0 up at half time and everyone be like, what the fuck's going on? And then it'll turn into usual city in the second half and yeah. we'll lose it. Maybe. Or draw. Proper coupon buster. <laughs> yeah. Joe? 4-0 West Brom. <laughs> wow. Optimism's high. You paid all that money to go watch that. It's, it's an awful ground to go to as well. Especially if you don't go... Hawthorne's is a good away there. You what? 
I thought it's I always thought half one could have weighed it. No. Um, did you go on Tiger Travel or did you drive there? Tiger Travel both okay. times. I've been, actually, I've yes. been to Hawthorne twice and we've won both times. So, we won 2-1 uh, in the promotion season and then 3-0 in the Premier League. So the coach is near the, um, near the stadium so you can get straight to coach. Whereas if you're driving, you've got to walk down this horrible like back street take you. Oh, it's disgusting. And you walk amongst all the West Brom fans, it's just rats. I'm not a fan of it. Sounds like a driver's um, problem to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, but I was living out there for a year, so um, it wasn't that nice at all. But yeah, um, I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw. Uh, I think that's me being optimistic as well. And I reckon we get a very, very, very late equaliser. I think even if we came away from the Hawthorns losing 1 0, the fact that we'd only conceded one there, given both of our current positions and form and squad value, would be very. Yeah. Like, All right, contract to McCann. <laughs> I think honestly, the players will have a bit of a bounce now that the club have come out and confirmed that there's a takeover in the in the works. I think a few of them will be playing for. Well, the, you know, they're probably expecting a manager, a new manager to come in at some point, so they'll be trying to put themselves in some sort of. Um, and that manager's shop window. Going to be watching game tape from these games, isn't he? Yeah, Chris Wilder's been at games, games recently. Yeah, but he's been to a few across the entire league, so. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That Quite could excited. be a decent shout, though. Could be a decent shout. Well, it looks I mean, like Alex O'Neill's going to Barnsley. So. Who's off to Barnsley? It looks like O'Neill is. It's Alex Neal. Alex Neal. Oh, Alex Neal. goes on holiday to Turkey, apparently. He stays in one of the Asians. Um, villas. So. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it then. Nailed on. Everyone's got everyone for all the money on it. Speaking of, speaking of Turkey, the Speaking of Turkey, any any city fans that are going to West Brom, bring a Turkey flag if you can. We're gonna fill that stand. Fill that stand with Turkish. Well, I say fill that stand. We've probably got two hundred fans going, but we'll, we'll have two hundred people over Turkish flag. <laughs> <laughs> so get yourself an Amazon, Amazon next day delivery. You'll stand up yet, Joe? No, I get mine tomorrow. Not a good idea, is it? Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I get it in time for the for the. Um, oh, it's, Amazon, it's, all right. Right. it's on Wednesday our game, isn't it? So mm-hmm. should be all right. All right, and so um, I've had I've had fun filming, uh, filming this one, boys. It's been great. Thank you again to everybody who listens all the time. It has been a bit of a long one. Apologies because we did a lot of thirty-second delays in the middle trying to think of players from the past. But um, you know, <laughs> we had a bit of fun doing that. So. Um, but, Again, thanks a lot for everyone tuning in. Appreciate everyone jumping on tonight and you know giving up their Monday night so we can create a bit of content. So thanks a lot, everyone. Really appreciate it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.